day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Which means distant thunder. Hey, Kadigi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You are right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon, supporting honest Native news, stories, and events from Natives themselves. Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Hey, we got an awesome show here, and uh, uh, Haley's over overdoing her work. Uh, she's got a really good guest lined up here, and uh, uh, you know, and I'm excited to talk to uh, Willard uh, Mailbear Jr., who's an artist and founder and CEO of United. Uh, uh, theory collective and uh, I'm really excited to talk to bu- about his story and what he's doing for the community it's funny uh, Haley we talked a little bit before the show and it's like uh, so many people in our native community here and especially here in the Twin Cities because we know so many people they wear so many hats right. and it's it's really uh, and uh, Willard does too so uh, it was just a really fun that you pointed that out because, yeah, a lot of these doers do a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it is just such a funny thing. I feel like so many people are doing really great, amazing work all over in different types of things. But I first found um, Willard uh, as his tattoo artist, his tattoo yeah. work. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited to uh, get and get and pick his brain a little bit. I know he took over running the 38 plus two Dakota Memorial run and the ride. So I'm excited to hear how that went this year. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I was a little under weather, so I wasn't able to make it to Mankato. And uh, but we're excited to have him on. And also, uh, before we get talk a little bit about uh, some birthdays in hockey, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be saying this much more, but guess what time of year it is? <laughs> I know. Well, it's time to get your health insurance in yeah. check. And if, if you're looking for the right plan for you, head over and talk to our friends at Minsure. That's Minsure.org. They'll help you find the most affordable and best plan that fits your needs. Minsure.org. Yeah, right on. Hey, um, whose birthday is it? Uh, you know, I, I feel like singing the birthday song, but you're too young to know that song. But... It's happy, happy birthday to every girl and boy. Hope oh. this very special day brings you lots of joy. So that's been in uh, that whole song. I know the whole song, and that's been uh, burned in my memory from a kid's show that was on seven years, Casey Jones here in the Twin Cities, and uh, uh, that's the birthday club song. And they used to mess with Casey, too. They'd, they'd put names up, names up there, and, <laughs> excuse me, he'd be saying like Haley Cherry happy birthday to Harry Ch- Haley Cherry and Cherry. I don't know or or Zoe Zoe Cherry yeah, um, <laughs> and uh and they'd throw in their rusty nail and he'd say happy birthday to rusty nail and it was like he'd start laughing and then he wouldn't get through the the names so I don't know yeah. he had a few little shots during the show or what but the, they were always messing with them Mm, yeah, well, it's we do um, our birthday shout outs on the show. We try to remember um, all of our friends and our relatives. So sorry if we might have forgotten to give you a birthday shout out. But uh, speaking of Willard, it is Willard's birthday today. So happy birthday, Willard Male Bear. And what? also it's my Jaji, uh, my Jaji, my dad's birthday. So big happy birthday to both of them. Yeah, definitely. And uh, how old is your dad? That's a great question. <laughs> You get to know your father, Haley. You know we're not around forever. You know these are questions you need to ask when, uh, when the fire's at the fireplace or you're around the, mm. yeah. Yeah. No, I think he's he might be fifty four. It's not fifty five. You could lie to me. I don't think. It, I think it's fifty four. I don't think. Well, you guys are ten years apart, so. Really. What would that be? Uh, fifty two then, because I'm only sixty two. Oh. Okay, so yeah, maybe that's not right either. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Maybe but we anyways. Can show over here. Oh no, no, we're the hockey. We're live. We've got women's <laughs> hockey on. Yeah, I know you're you're pumped, and I'm pumped too to hear about that. Uh, another professional uh, uh, league and uh, another women's professional league, which is even exciting. They'll be on uh, Bally Sports and also the games that aren't on Bally Sports. They'll be uh, streaming live on YouTube. And there's some uh, native uh, hockey players that we got to get on the show. I know. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't see any. I don't think any that uh, are native players that play for Minnesota right now. But there are four that are playing across the league. I believe there's the original six uh, teams right now. So Jamie... Jamie Lee Rattray is uh, Metis. Uh, she plays for Boston. Uh, we've got Abby Roque, which is uh, one Napete First Nation. She's on the Team New York. Uh, Jocelyn Lekeroque is Metis. She's on Toronto. And Vic Victoria Bach is a uh, place for Toronto as well, and she's Mohawks of the Bay. Wow, that's cool. Well, we'll have to get them on and, uh, and talk about them because uh... – I know I saw a news piece about that, and uh, the young girls are excited, and that's really mm -hmm. cool to hear. And uh, for sure, uh, women's hockey has come such a long way um, since I was watching it 30 years ago. I had some students that were playing in uh, the St. Paul League here, and I'd go watch their game. And uh, wow, it's really changed, and it's really, really exciting game. So we'll have to. Uh, We'll have to get them as a sponsor, but also reach out to uh, to some of these uh, players and uh, celebrate their uh, their achievements and uh, being a professional hockey player. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know that there's a lot of Olympic players. I think we have probably four on our team. Mm -hmm. I would maybe double check that, but. Yeah, some of the girls, you know, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Kelly Panic, or um, actually Taylor Heisey was their overall, Minnesota's overall draft pick. Taylor Heisey is coming out of the U of M. She played for the Gophers. I actually filmed a couple of the the, the Gophers women's hockey games uh, at my time at the U. So it's just amazing to kind of see these girls come full circle and kind of Im get up to the professional level and... I'm really excited. It's, it, this is huge. You know, as a kid, I never saw uh, women's professional hockey, you know, being a thing. And I think mm -hmm. that kind of dampered a lot of young girls' dreams on, uh, you know, what to do in the sport after college. But this, mm -hmm. this is a, a huge game changer. Uh, how many teams are there? I think there's original six right now. Okay. Uh, that's, that's cool. Uh yeah. So, what's what cities are there? Uh, are they in? Yeah. Well, we got. I know we got New York, Minnesota, Toronto. Uh, I. That's a great question. <laughs> well, we'll we'll have to get them on and ask them, or use that G thing, the Google. The G. Yeah. Well, what's what's crazy too is that when they announced that you know the women was going to have we're going to have a professional league, this they just announced this in the past spring. So. It's been a tight, a tight schedule to get everything, uh, whether that's jerseys, picking out the jersey colors, getting your captains, getting a team together. Um, it's just amazing, and I'm excited to see what, what each, each team picks as their team name because they haven't picked them yet. Right. Oh, wow, that's even cool. They haven't picked their names. Wow, that's cool. Uh, let's figure that out. Um, I, I, I think what we – it's interesting, too, and uh, we talk about uh, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. And I, I think I always I always tell the go lieutenant governor it's great, especially when I was teaching, it was great to, for my students to see somebody that looks like them and that uh, – in that role, being lieutenant governor, uh, the highest uh, Native American elected official in the country, but also I think too, uh, in uh, being in hockey and the young young girls being able to see uh, that not only is there a future, but there are role models for them. Yeah, great point. I agree completely. So, yeah, catch the girls Minnesota's first game uh, playing Boston at 6 p.m. today. Oh, you said that with a Boston accent. That was cool. I saw what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Hey, this is Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back uh, after this short break. What should we? What should they do, Haley? Hey, whip the eyes. <laughs> yeah. 
I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts, available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. As we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving, getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated, and make 2024 the healthiest year ever ever securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov. Anin, I'm Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, and you are listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute, or NACD, in Minneapolis. I sounded like an alien there uh, (laughs) (laughs) introducing the show. Hey, we have Willard Mailbear uh, on, and he is artist, founder, and CEO of United Theory Collective, among uh, many things, too, but also... It's his birthday today, and I, you know, I don't know if Haley yes. and I should break out and start singing "Happy Birthday," but maybe we should see how the interview goes first, and then we'll sing "Happy Birthday" at the end if it goes well. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Willard, thanks so much for coming on. Really, and uh, I've been reading uh, what you've been doing uh, for artists and uh, uh, and uh, watching uh, your story, and I really appreciate you coming on and and sharing your story and uh, what you're doing in Minneapolis, and also. You know, the 38 plus 2 run, and you're a tattoo artist, so there's a lot of things to celebrate and talk to you about. I want to just welcome you to Native Roots Radio. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, it's uh, it's an honor to be here. It's definitely um, my birthday. It feels like it isn't my birthday. I actually just finished a tattoo about two minutes ago and was <laughs> had someone else put the bandage on for me. And I was like, just leave the money on the desk. I got to run over here real quick. And then flew over here like right at 5.15, uh, went to pull it up on my uh, MacBook. And of course, it wasn't supported by Safari. So downloaded <laughs> Chrome real quick. And here we are. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, uh, you have a compelling story uh, about about uh, United Theory Collective. I wonder if you mind sharing that with our audience all over Turtle Island. Yeah. Um, so I think the beginning of the story kind of starts about seven years ago when I was in active drug use and really like besides family, the only things that were like keeping me moving forward was art. So like even when I was using and stuff and in active addiction, art was always sort of like this, you know, life preserver in my existence. And I feel like when I got um, incarcerated, you know, art quickly became like my only support for myself. And like it gave me an identity and sort of just um it was like my biggest tool for wellness and self-confidence. And it kind of just 
rebuilt the structure that I needed as a person. And, you know, while I was incarcerated, I was able to be an art tutor and do artwork for the staff of the prisons and for the commissioner of corrections. I ended up doing the challenge incarceration program where I was able to do the boot camp and be released early. And I was able to be released two and a half years early. But while I was in the boot camp program, um, the staff there were really supportive of, you know, art and like, you know, supported me going back to school and doing art. And during, you know, that time in boot camp, like I was able to paint murals. And I'm, I remember being in, you know, the, the prison and painting on the walls and just being like, this is the best moment of my life. You know, like, this mm -hmm. is amazing. Like, even though I'm in prison and, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years, like this moment right now creating is such like my beacon of hope and like my guiding light. And, you know, during that time also, um, I was able to go to like a Nipi and sweat like every weekend inside of the boot camp prison. And so like, you know, culture really started being like my other foundation. And I started having like a healthy relationship with like my, family and you know when i was released from incarceration i had made a commitment when i was first incarcerated two and a half years prior to like be sober and do good and to just be committed to being an artist and when i was released i was able to do art with people and you know i went to college and i was able to sell some artwork and you know i just could really identify that like art and creativity was like needed in like the wellness community and in like people coming out of incarceration and people just needed access to art supplies and art materials. Cause when I was released from prison, I was blessed enough to have family and friends that like gave me art supplies mm -hmm. and sort of like, you know, supported me as an artist, but like while I was in prison and right when I got released, just talking to my peers of being like, Hey, you know, like, you know, artists for everyone, we could all do this and just kind of telling them what art was doing for me. And they were just like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know how to do art. And there is, you know, it's super hard to like get into the artist community as someone that just is like, you know, is curious about it and doesn't really have an art background. And, you know, it, it was that first couple months there of being released when I was really like recognizing like, you know, creativity is super needed in this community. And, um, you know, I ended up going back into tattooing and during like um, maybe like my second year of being released from prison, like my mom passed away. And then that first couple months, my dad actually passed away mm. and I was doing I was doing a lot of um, culture stuff. And after my mom passed away, you know, I was, uh, you know, I had a newborn son, but I was like you know, just going through the ups and downs of, you know, being a father and losing my last parents and just trying to do as much art as I could. And tattooing at the time just felt like it was more of like a job, but I was still like in the recovery community. And I started doing these like guided paintings and illustrations for the recovery community as these like creative events with like my friend Aubrey. And, you know, together we were doing these little pop-up events and really working with like organizations and businesses in the recovery community. And I started being like, you know, I think we could do this in a space, like as a business and somehow like enable creativity in the community while also still being like, you know, wellness and recovery focused. And it just, it, you know, we kind of identified this like need in the community for something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have some close friends that were willing to take like a financial business risk on me and sort of like what I was passionate about. And they're like, you know, we will help get you into a tattoo shop and we'll help you open up this, you know, art interaction with the community space. And at the time it didn't have a name. And we just knew that, you know, we found this building. I can kind of give you a quick little peek around. We found this space and, you know, it's pretty big, but we ended up, um, you know, occupying this space. This is the art center right next door 
is the tattoo shop. And, you know, the tattoo shop was something I was familiar with the industry. So there wasn't much like guesswork there, but with like the unified theory collective, it was um, like, what are we going to do here? Like, how are we going to make this like not only profitable, but like work because in the beginning it was like, do we make it a nonprofit? And I had no experience in nonprofits. And at that point I also had no experience in for-profits, but you know, it came down to this idea loosely based off the internet where we sort of like sell at our space as an advertising platform to businesses. And then we take those like, you know, advertising and marketing money and fuel art supplies for the community. So wow. it's like the community comes in and uses or has pay what you can access to like art materials, essentially free because they don't, you know, if they're in a position where they can't afford to pay anything, then, you know, those are the people that we want to come, you know, and, you know, generally the, the offset would be the people that can afford it would pay and whatever was in between the businesses like that are giving us money to have their logos on the wall. They kind of, we use that money to offset the difference there. And that was the idea of it. And that's kind of, you know, how we opened it was just sort of this like, you know, art supplies for advertisement and some of the larger um, members of the collective, they get like creative events for their businesses. So, you know, we just try to make it work so that way people could have access to art materials and have an art space to just come and use whenever they need, you know, and being, you know, a new business owner, I had no idea how to make it work and I'm still learning it every day. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, well, yeah. heck, Haley and I need to come down there and get applique uh, tattoos on her, uh, on her arm for our family. Yeah. We're Ho-Chunk and we do the applique and it's always good for us as Native Americans to have another Native American artist do our tattoos. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, you being in recovery, you're really giving it away to keep it. And that's kind of a saying yeah. we have in recovery. I've been sober almost 40 years now and, and, uh, in order to stay sober and to stay sane and clean, you have to give it away. And wow, you are giving it away. I just, uh, I'm amazed by your story, right, Haley? Oh, absolutely. I've never, I guess I never really knew about like a free community uh, art studio where they kind of supplied those resources and made it like an open environment where people who maybe feel like they, you know, aren't good creating art or you know like you said you, they've never done it they can come into this space and be surrounded by others in the same position and kind of be up uplifted and and i think on your website too here it says creativity equals wellness and i completely yeah. agree with that yeah you know and it, it's been brought up recently that you know we aren't to replace like professional help for forms of wellness but more or less you know as something for people that you know aren't maybe ready to make that jump to professional help but would you know like to escape some of the the smaller symptoms of you know social crisis with doodling you know what i mean yeah definitely hey we're with willard Mailbear, and he's artist founder and ceo of unified theory collective in minneapolis and we have more questions, and uh, wow, this is what we like to talk about here on Native Ritz Radio, and uh, um, we like to amplify great work, and um, we're going to have more questions and more fun with Willard because it's his birthday, and we'll be right back after this short break. <laughs> Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let, let howl. howl. 
I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts, available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts, and that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside. And Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at sayyeshometest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment, and no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.mn.us to connect with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. One year ago, I was in the accident, which nearly killed me. The last year has been a lot of work recovering, and positivity has been a key. Staying positive, I no longer refer to the accident as an accident, but rather the day my Toyota Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota saved my life. That's a factual statement, and the main reason why I'll always own one for the rest of my life. Some places will talk about auto safety, but I'm a living example of why you and your family can trust a Toyota from Rudy Luther Toyota. Go test drive one today and try the hybrids. They're fantastic. Rudy Luther Toyota on 394 in Golden Valley. Thanks to everyone who's continued to support AM950. Good news, the AM950 2024 calendar is ready to go, featuring photos I took around Minnesota and important progressive dates. Members that sign up with a one-time $25 membership will receive a 2024 AM950 calendar as a thank you. Make a one-time $50 or $100 donation, you'll get the AM950 calendar and the brand new AM950 tote bag as a thank you. Go to am950radio.com for all the details on the membership. That's am950radio.com. Thank you so much for supporting AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for cloudy skies tonight with a low around 18, Thursday partly sunny with a high near 28, and Friday cloudy with a high around 34. Get the appliances you've been dreaming of for less at Warner Stallions Year-End Clearance. Shop closeouts, scratch and dent, and floor models. Plus, buy more to save more. Take 10% off two red tags and 15% off three at Warner Stallions Year-End Clearance. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory off Randolph Avenue in St. Paul. Only the good stuff keeps us awake. Oh, boy, are we awake. Hey, we are here with uh, Willard Mailbear, and he's artist and founder and CEO of Unified Theory Collective, and it's his birthday, and, uh, you know, I have a few questions for you, and uh, really, really happy that you're on, Willard, and uh, what great work. I'm wondering, uh, first of all, I want to let all our people know, because we have people in Wisconsin, and we're on 18 stations in Wisconsin, and Iowa, and the Dakotas, too, along in the Minnesota. Let people know where, uh, where a unified theory collective is, and what the hours are, and how we can get a hold of you. Yeah, uh, we are located in South Minneapolis. It's um, 1415 West 35th Street. Um, Yep, in uptown Minneapolis. We're actually open Wednesday through Friday, 3 to 8 p.m. And then the weekends we're open uh, noon to 8 p.m. And and like I said, attached to the art center is my tattoo shop, Iktomi Tattoo, which is... No, it's literally the the door right next to it. They share a bathroom. It's a great space. We got a lot of great artists there too. Well, we'll have to come by, and uh, I know um, I can perfect my stickmen, my native stickmen, and uh, start painting yeah. them. When did uh, when did you realize you were an artist, Willard? Um, what was it prior to being incarcerated, or uh, you did it in school, and then uh, and then really did it in prison, and and started really thinking about your future? Yeah. Um, 
I think when I was about four or five years old, I remember being at my grandparents' house in Iowa and I was playing in like their front patio area and there was this like scribble drawing on the wall and it had all these like little shapes made in the scribbles and each one of them was colored in different. And I remember being like, that's awesome. You know, what is that? And my mom came in and she's like, I drew that in college. And I remember just like my mind being blown. I was like, my mom made this. And I was like, mom, show me how to make this. And she was like, oh, for sure. And we like sat down and we just like scribbled. And then she showed me how to like color in each one different. And I remember that was the first time I ever did art. And I remember that was it from then on. It was just like, this is cool. Like you can make stuff and it's like, you get to keep it. And it's like a thing. I don't know. I was always just super fascinated by that. And, you know, ever since then, I feel like I just nerded out on art and, you know, we moved around a lot. So it was like, sometimes when we'd move, I didn't have like friends, but I always had art supplies and like my mom, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. we just did art. And I feel like once, um, I was in like sixth grade. I had just like doodled so much that it was like I was the doodler in class. And then by like seventh grade, it was like, oh, you're the artist in class. And then, you know, it just kind of stuck with it. And even throughout like all my, you know, early 20s and stuff, like I skateboarded a lot, but I was always like an artist. And I feel like, uh, you know, I ended up getting an opportunity to be a tattoo artist when I was 23 here in Minneapolis and took advantage of that. And that went great for like two years. But in that first two years, you know, you get I got exposed to drugs and just mm -hmm. big city, big city, you know, tattoo artist stuff and being like a little city art skateboarder it all went to my head and it just got out of control. You know what I mean? It was yeah, too definitely. much. <laughs> so uh, here's an off uh, question. Do you still skateboard? Yeah. Yeah. We got a skateboard in here. Actually, we got two, three skateboards inside the art center. We just <laughs> cruise around. It's like, you know, one of the, the luxuries of being the owner is you can skateboard inside your own business. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, my Ojibwe son-in-law is still skateboarding at uh, 43. And uh, so I know it's an awesome, awesome community in the cities and uh, a lot of good things happen too. And uh, uh, with the skateboarders in that community. Uh, so to, can you talk a little bit about the 38 plus two? I know this year for me, I missed it because I had COVID. So I wasn't able to go to Fort Snelling and go to, to Mankato like I have in the past years. Uh, I understand that you're going to be taking that over. Yeah. Um, my relationship with the run has always been, you know, so like my mom, my dad separated when I was young and my dad would always talk about the run and my mom would always talk about the run. And I remember it, especially cause my mom was always like, you know, your dad started at the year you were born. And, you know, she would tell me about like how he had a vision and like the Owens family kind of helped my dad interpret the vision. And they all kind of came together cause they realized that they were all being called to like, you know, do this run to honor the Dakota 38 plus two. And so like, I remember hearing that much of the story, but I unfortunately wasn't like raised around my culture. And when I moved to Minneapolis, when I was 21 and I lived with my dad, I didn't know anyone here. Well, you know, we would go to the run. We went to the run that first year. And I think um, Dallas Goldtooth was running it that year. And, uh -huh. you know, I was able to start the run and, you know, carried the staff a little bit. But by that point, I was already like, not in a good way you know what i mean and so i like mm -hmm. i ran across the bridge and i handed the staff off and i was just cooked couldn't run anymore mm -hmm. and you know i ended up partying and just like you know knowing that you can't go to ceremony unless you're like right. clean you know what I mean? and right. so like that was always like my excuse i would find a reason not to have anything to do with it and then you know that would always break my dad's heart but like you know we grew apart like me and culture for a while and then when i got out of um you know, prison this most recent time, you know, when I was in prison doing boot camp, I was running a lot. And I like communicated with my dad while he was still alive that, you know, I wanted to do the run. And when I got mm -hmm. out, you know, I was in contact with Shashoka, the organizer that first year I had COVID and I couldn't go. And that next year, um, we didn't do it. Oh, no, that first year, we they didn't do the run because of COVID. And then the year after that, when I was like, ready to do it, I got COVID and couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And then 
and then, you know, last year I was able to do the run, started the run and co-organized it and ended the run because Shoshoka had said, you know, I think it's, yeah. you know, it feels like you're the next generation. You should take over this run. It just feels like it's your turn. And, you know, if you can accept that commitment, you know what I mean? You make that commitment yeah. to creators to do this run for the people. So I, I, you know, it was, I was honored to, um, you know, take that on. And, you know, like I'm super transparent about like, you know, I'm just, I'm just learning culture. I'm just starting to like make a commitment to learning the language and, you know, but, um, you know, I'm honored to, to be in that position for my community. And, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's super emotional to like be there Mm -hmm. with like Austin Owen and, you know, thinking about my dad and thinking about like his dad and his family. And it's like, you know, to be able to like be in a good way on the red road and be, you know, able to, you know, carry on the run, you know what I mean? And just think about like my dad and my mom and stuff. It just seems sometimes it seems like a movie, but it seems so right that it's like, you know, I feel like I'm right where I should be in the universe when we do the run and it just, it feels really good to be there. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's very powerful. Last year it was really cold and snowy. I remember that. And uh, yeah, this year would have been a good one for me, but again, I had COVID, so I w- wasn't going to go out. And uh, yeah, I mean, Art Owen and all those cats that really led the way for for us. And what's really good, Willard, too, is uh, even though you might have been uh, away from community for a while, you were always still native, and um, you're you're coming back strong. And um, sometimes you have to take two steps back to take three forward and I commend you. And, uh, uh, we need young warriors like you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's sometimes it seems surreal, you know, like, um, I just talked to my parole agent today and she was like, Hey, I saw you on the news and, you know, <laughs> just, so you know, like we're all super proud of you and you're doing good. And it's just like, you know, seven years ago, I never would have thought that was going to be me ever, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, before I made the commitment to sobriety and, you know, being an artist, like I was, I feel like I was just as equally committed to being a criminal and just living the renegade life. And, you know, to be here today and to be able to like represent my family and to be a part of culture is just amazing. And, you know, I try to tell people all the time, it doesn't, doesn't take anything more than a real commitment and patience mm-hmm. to start seeing, you know, all these promises of sobriety come true. Well, it's interesting. When I was in early recovery, I remember a person at one of those 12 step meetings that I still go to, uh, told me, he said, somebody came up to him and he was a very successful businessman and had like 17 years of sobriety at the time, which I thought was a million years. And he said that, Somebody told me that, you know, when people sober up, they just uh, are are unbelievable and they can do anything, they they put their mind to it. And he told me that uh, he was dumb enough to believe them and and he handed that story to me because I, I think... Once we put the plug in the jug and are are clear-minded, we can do anything. And you're a great example of that. And, uh, you know, just giving it the way to the community, I just have really good feelings for you and your recovery and, and what you're doing. And uh, and it's fun being an urban Indian, too. There's so many of us uh, running around here in the Twin Cities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. No, it's, it's a great community, again, and I'm just so thankful to be healthy enough to enjoy it and be here, be present. Right on. Willard, we only got a couple minutes left. And what I'd, I'd love you to be able to do is just uh, tell everybody how and where your tattoo business and then also uh, how we can find you and United Theory Collective um, and just give a quick plug again. Yeah. Um, you know, the, both the tattoo shop and the art center unified theory collective are located in South Minneapolis, um, at 1415 West 35th street. And that's in uptown. It's like right off of Hennepin down in South Minneapolis, kind of by the lake. And, um, you know, the tattoo shop is Iktomi tattoo. It's actually, um, in honor of my dad, my dad always identified as like spider spirit and was definitely a trickster. And it's always fun, you know, 
telling people that knew my dad the name of the tattoo shop because it's just iconically perfect. He was hardly serious sometimes, but you know, and uh, yeah, the Unified Theory Collective where we share the building and, you know, would love to see anyone come through at any time. We're always welcome. Like even if the art center is not open, you can come into the tattoo shop and just hang out and enjoy the space. Well, you know, Haley and I will be there and we have to get that family applique a tattoo. So my Weeha Mahinu will be down there and my wife. And so we're going to be coming down there and, and bugging you and getting a nice uh, applique tattoo. Really, really appreciate you coming on, Willard. It's always great to celebrate a great story like yours. And uh, happy birthday, really. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm just getting ready to go see my uh, two-year-old and snuggle him. So right on. thank you so much for having me on here. It was an honor. Very thankful. Thank you so much. Right. We'll do it again, Willard. We'll do it again. Right. P.E., thank you so much, and we'll see you right. soon. Wow, we'll be right back. This is Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake. And up next, Bob Blake for Bread Lake with the Solar Bear with the Solar News. ho As we age, it's important to invest in our health and to help protect it. Like the flu, COVID-19 is always changing. That's why it's important to stay up to date on your vaccines. By getting the flu and COVID-19 vaccines, you can renew your body's defenses and lower the risk of getting sick. Get your health boost and protect yourself against the flu and COVID-19. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. I'm Angela Warner with Warner Stellion, and if you know me, you know I love a good bargain, which is why I'm telling you about our year-end appliance clearance. Our stores are packed with red-tagged closeouts, scratch and dents, and floor model appliances priced to sell so we can make room for next year's models. And if you buy more now, you save more. Get an additional 10% off two red tags and 15% off three. You'll still enjoy our famous free delivery by our trusted specialists. So hurry into your local Warner Stellion to score a deal before they're gone. Unveil the captivating world of native photography at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Their new exhibit, In Our Hands, Native Photography 1890 to Now, turns the camera around and puts native photographers in control, featuring hundreds of photographs captured by generations of First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and Native Americans. You'll view the world through their lens, revealing the beauty and complexity of indigenous heritage. Don't miss this incredible experience. Visit In Our Hands at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, now through January 14th. For more info, visit artsmia.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? Hey, it's uh, Wednesday and we got Bob Blake from Red Lake. I always love saying that, but we got Robert Blake, a solar bear with the solar news checking in. Good to see you, Bob. And uh, we just had an awesome guest. I don't know if you listened to it, but Willard was uh, just unbelievable. And so you have a lot to live up to here in this last part. Oh, man, that's uh, that's incredible. I, I'm sorry I missed. I, I He's a, a, a tattoo. He does tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I used to do uh, security for the guys uh, at Leviticus Tattoo Shop on Lake Street. I used to do their, they used to have all these really big parties, like for Halloween and New Year's Eve and all that stuff. And, well, they would hire yours truly because I was right. the best in the business in the Twin Cities at the time. And, yeah, and, um, and the most humble, too, I heard. <laughs> yeah, and we would bring in our crew. <laughs> and it was always a really good time. Those guys at Leviticus actually threw the coolest parties, though. I mean, mm. like, 
I mean, they'd have like koi fish ponds and people walking around in outfits serving drink. I was crazy. <laughs> hey, I, I see you got a new hat there. I can't wait to get one of those. Those look really sharp. That that, that is the solar bear. Uh, that is the solar bear hat. Hey, Robert. Um, get there right, is right, Rebel Inc. Uh, actually, um, oh boy, what's the place called? I forgot what they're called right now. Okay, tell me um, later. Yeah. Um, but I, I do have, I do have an announcement, Robert, that I Uh-oh. have to make and I have to invite you and on Haley to, um, mm-hmm. the solar bear has been asked to co-host, uh, an event for our very own Lieutenant governor, uh, uh, a, a fundraiser event on mm-hmm. January 30th. Um, and so I'll get you the details um, Mr. Pilot, but you are yeah. invited. Of course, Haley's invited, and who, whomever you guys want to bring. But this is to support our Lieutenant Governor um, and the wonderful work that she does for uh, the state of Minnesota, and um, you know all that good stuff. So I'll get you the information, and you can post it. And um, any anybody and all is welcome. And uh, this is to donate to. Uh, Lieutenant Governor and and uh, Peggy Flanagan and all the wonderful work that she does for for all of us. Right on, we'll be there. We uh, I don't know if you saw pictures, but we were at uh, the governor's mansion and got uh, Christmas pictures with the governor and the lieutenant governor Wendy and I. And Haley was there too, and uh, just hanging out, you know, with the gov. And so we we'll, right, we'd, we'd yeah, be, we'd be glad. Yeah, to, uh, and, and, support. yeah, and and so I'm sorry, everyone, everyone that's listening. I'm just not. I just I've never hosted a co-host or co-hosted a fundraiser. The solar bear doesn't do this kind of stuff. Just get but apparently the solar bear will be doing this kind of stuff now. Um, have cookies and crackers and cheese and I guess some wine for people that well, want to, you know, yeah, get them gonna, up to donate a lot of money. Yeah, so it's going to be really. I, I guess it's going to be it's going to be held right at the Midtown Exchange on top of in one of the penthouses there. Oh, and so that's like right where you know the natives' food lab is, and so yeah. I'm thinking that's maybe who caters. I, I don't I don't even know yet, so. I don't even want to speak out of turn here, but anyways. What time, you, what time are you thinking we could maybe even do, if it's during our show, we could do maybe uh, a live live show out there too. Yeah, let's do that. Hey, let's do that. It's from 6 to 7.30. Maybe we could do the show beforehand, and then we could go right into the party. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, so we can have, and, and we can have the lieutenant governor on. Okay, everybody, you, everybody needs to listen. January thirtieth, <laughs> we're going to make this happen. <laughs> this see, see, this is how it works out for the solar bear. <laughs> there we go. We like hanging with the solar bears, so that good things happen to us too. That's huge, so, Bob. Congrats. So I got a really good story here, Robert, and and yeah. you know, I, I I think a lot of people um, kind of ask themselves like, hey, how do I get involved with the climate crisis? Or how do I get involved with like what's happening? You know, how can I do something right? Mm-hmm. I want to let everybody know right now. We're we're kind of on this theme right now about we've been talking about the Lieutenant Governor Flanagan and all the great work she's doing for us, and you know she's working with the state. Well, let me tell you something, Robert. Mm-hmm. The state of Minnesota is in a hiring mode right now. Um, in, in their energy resources, the the state's division of energy of energy resources has added 64 new positions this year. Just this year, Robert, 64. Wow. Now, they want to add, uh, they want to get close to 150. So that's about another 100 positions, 100 more Minnesotans that they want to hire that are going to be working on climate change, mitigation, adaptation strategies for the state of Minnesota, serving the citizens of the state, because Robert, you know, and I know that this was the hottest year on record. Yeah. Okay. Going back 150,000 years, this is the hottest year on record. So, people, this is real. It's happening. Let's get our head wrapped around it. Okay. And let's do something about it. Okay. Let's not sit back and and think somebody else is going to do it. Let's do something about it. So that's the Solar Bears message here, and I think this is a wonderful opportunity for those of you out there that want to get involved, that want to do something tangible, um, you know, and, and, and we're all doing it right. We're all a part of the we're all a part of the uh, the solution. Um, mm-hmm. But here's a really wonderful opportunity to work for the state of Minnesota. So go on to their website, 
check it out. Uh, Minnesota Department of Commerce Division of Energy Resources. I believe this is Pete Wyckoff's division. I'm almost positive. I think this is Pete and those guys that that are that are part of this, uh, Lisa. Um, and so, um, you know, I think this is a really great uh, job opportunity for those of you that want to get involved with, uh, you know, with you know climate change and, and the solutions to help our community in our state. Yeah, that is exciting news, and uh, uh, we're heading in the right direction. We got to move quicker, and uh, I like your call to action. That's uh, everybody that uh, is listening can get involved and uh, and uh, and get involved because uh, planet Earth is going to be here forever. It's us that are going to be fried up to shriveled little uh, little Indians here um, if if the global warming keeps happening like it is. Absolutely, Robert, and and that's why I think it's really important that you know if if uh, if you know that we vote, you know our politicians, and and this goes from state to local to tribal, right? That we get you know climate champions such as yourself, Robert, you know that can speak for the people, um, you know that will create those policies, right? That you know will then implement that then will be a catalyst. Um, you know, for the change that we want to see, you know, in the fight against climate change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, uh, you know, we only got like a minute left here in the show. Uh, Robert, how can uh, people uh, click on your website and, and kind of figure, uh, kind of find out what you're doing and how they can support you and uh, give uh, your websites as a native son too. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Um, it's www.solarbear.earth. I should, I should just say solarbear.earth. <laughs> and it's nativesun.org. Um, I'm still old school, Robert. I still say yeah. www. Like no one knows what the worldwide uh, internet. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's solarbear.earth. It's solarbear.org or nativesun.org. And you can go on there and you can see what we're doing. Um, Robert, we're going to be uh, we're going to be doing some pressers because we're going to have about 10 electric vehicles that we're going to be delivering to uh, the Red Lake community from this EV charging uh, grant that we've been working on. So that's going to be coming out very shortly this month. I heard rumors you're only sending nine up to Red Lake and one over here on uh, Jefferson Avenue. Is <laughs> you know what? We are actually sending one <laughs> over here to, uh, to Lake Street. You're exactly correct. <laughs> but, but yeah. But that, but that, Robert, is what's happening at January 30th, everyone. Um, the Solar Bear with the Solar News and Native Roots Radio will be uh, coming live to you from uh, the Lieutenant Governor uh, uh, planning. Fundraiser. Uh, fundraiser. Right on. Hey, Bob, thanks for stopping in. As always, always a positive, fresh breath of fresh air. Really appreciate you. Hey, if you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier. No. Bye.